0: Hey, this is Mike Patterson, your host for Embrace Growth. This is a podcast dedicated to personal growth and empowered choices. Helping to create change and transformation in your life and the world. Today on the show, I interview a friend of mine, Michael Pierce, from Los Angeles, California. Professionally, Michael is a marriage and family therapist. We just had a pretty fascinating conversation about COVID-19 and what it's doing to relationships in the world right now, globally. We talk a little bit about what he's seeing from his lens and... What do we do with all of this? If you're sheltering at home, you don't go to work anymore, you're working from home, there's a different dynamic in the household. There's a different dynamic in the relationships because of what's happening globally. As you listen to this conversation, think about what relationships in your life matter to you the most and what changes can i make to improve those relationships hopefully we'll have some answers for you stick around hey michael welcome to the show welcome to this podcast
1: morning mike Uh, cool to be here
0: i'm really happy that you could be here All things considered in the world right now. Everyone today, I'm speaking with Michael Pierce from Los Angeles, California. He's a kid from Jersey, went out to L.A., was a Hollywood actor for a while. I know him through the Mankind Project. He's a full leader in the Mankind Project as well as a leader trainer. Now he's a MFT, a marriage and family therapist, which... I'm just curious what that, what that really means. I don't have letters after my name and I know that you went to school for a while, Michael, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> and, uh, okay. so t- tell me exactly what is, what is a marriage and family therapist and what does that mean in the world today? All things considered. Uh,
1: well, the, the, the short answer is I, I, I think a marriage and family therapist is, uh, of working in the world to, to make it a better place and to help people relationally connect, whether they're in their individual relationships, their partnerships as uh, parents as you know, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. It's, it's, um, there are a lot of therapists in California. There are a lot of people in California. And as you said, there's, uh, There's a lot going on in the whole world, but the concentrated population of California, there's a lot of people that are struggling, challenged. And, uh, you know, a marriage and family therapist is, uh, yeah, there's some initials there. uh, And i like to think that what's more important is the, in addition to the six years of formal education, and 3,000 hours, clinical hours of training that I did and exams to get to this point. You know, that's on top of 25 years of work that I've done, Uh, personal growth and exploration, you know, how, how we met through the Mankind Project, working with others and facilitating. I mean, that was, you know, that work and work I've done in other organizations has really you know that, that's been the the groundwork you know for this this house of mft that I've constructed.
0: <laughs> so out of all the different ways that or out of everything that you could have studied, right? Cuz when I met you, you know, you still at that point cared deeply about people in the world and wanted to help work with individuals and groups that had problems or wanted to connect more. And so you studied this marriage and and family therapy
1: uh psych- psychology the, the degree was in psychology and counseling okay so that was more like you know what i studied specifically
0: and what made you want to go that route to become licensed and then specifically out of all of the different licenses you could get wh- why the mft yeah
1: yeah I, i've always cared and uh the i met a lot of professionals over those years and the level of counseling and support that the marriage and family therapist that I met provided, it seemed like it gave me the most options. Hmm. You know, whether I wanted to work with a certain population, an age of you know, teenagers or children uh, or older adults or young adults or males or females, uh, the MFT seemed to have, uh, you know, you get under this umbrella, you can apply your skills with, you know, wherever it fits for you. And mm. and that appealed to me because, you know, I, I, I grew up, I six siblings, um, um, came from a family where my, my parents struggled to get along. So... Being the second oldest, I took on responsibility. I learned, it's in my, not only in my generational DNA, but in my, my present life experience, how to work through relationships, uh, how, to, how to find a way to get along and to become the diplomat, the mediator, <laughs> the peacekeeper. With my family of origin, my my sisters and my brother and and my parents. And that was, you know, that was the school I never shelled out out a dollar, but I paid
0: for. (laughs) Right. There was a cost. There was a cost. (laughs) There's much more than the six years of formal education. There's a lifetime, a lifetime of study here.
1: Yeah, it has has been. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. What do we want to talk about today? I mean, here we are in, I would hope, the middle, but I really don't know. We're in this pandemic. So for for listeners that might be listening to this far in the future, hopefully this is not as long-lived as it could be, but we're in the middle of this pandemic right now. And what's life like for you working with couples or one-on-one people that are having problems relationally, what are you finding?
1: Well, first of all, if, if we're in the middle of this, um, can I get odds from you? Because I'll go to Las Vegas. and <laughs> I mean, if, if I could know that we're in the middle, I, I'd say, okay, we've been in this, in this for four months and we got four more to go. All right, I'm running this marathon. Let mm. me pace myself. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges that I've experienced and and shared with clients um, is that there are so many question marks right now about, well, just, all right, tell me what I'm dealing with. What what am I in for? You're in for, let's start with the next (laughs) breath. Yeah. Because that's, and that's, you know, existentially, that's what it comes down to anyway. But it, you know, it helps to have a plan, and at least the community that I, that I live in, the world that I know, it, it's really difficult right now to to have a plan that goes too far out. Right. So, so I think it's I think it's a huge, it's it's a global and societal relational. You know choice points you know for us right now mm-hmm. where we all are what 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 is it that really matters in this moment all things considered and what do i what do I have some control over right now because i don't know what the policy on masks is going to be next week or you know what I mean it's just there's so many so many things that i i, I talked to, to folks who say yeah well I'm looking forward to the vaccine I'm like, yeah, yeah so there are a lot of opinions, and I'm not saying that, that that this one's right or that one's wrong, but again, more questions, more questions. And the more questions people have, and the less certainty, the more the more anxious people come, which is you know, at a base level, it's fear, it's a primal fear, but it's but it's fear of the future. And there's a lot of anxiety right now that, that people <sighs> people are experiencing and I think they're having trouble finding a channel for that or even the, a way to articulate how scared they are in this time.
0: Yeah, I, I do know fear sadness the the anxiety that you mentioned I mean, right now the numbers in LA are really fucking scary. What's it like for you personally? To uh, are you? Do you leave your house? Do you go for a walk? Do you go to the store? What's it like?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I live in Los Angeles County. In Los Angeles County. Uh, the, the the numbers here have continued to rise. Uh, I have been a a respectful citizen. Of the guidelines that have been have been imposed since March 16th was was the Monday that was the the, the day when Governor Newsom made made his announcement here, uh, and I'm absolutely fine with following these rules. I'm cool with wearing a mask um, when I go out. It's I, I've been able to go to a store at any point. You know, the panic buying and whatnot back in, in March and April, it was, the hours were shortened. It was more of a modern inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And I haven't wanted for anything, you know, running water, bottled water. I, I can eat, I can get fresh fruit. But when I travel off my property, um, I, I, I put a mask on. I found that I walk, you know, I exercise more. I'll get out early in the morning or later at night because it's mm-hmm. hot down here and I'd, I'd rather do that. And it's also a little less crowded on the sidewalks.
0: Right. Right.
1: And, and, and at night I'll, I'll be out and I'll have a mask and I'll have it drop down because I want to get some fresh air. Right. So I think I'm practical about it and I'm also respectful. Uh, in Los Angeles, the big, um, we talked about the Jersey kid, Uh, you know, I, I, you know, growing up there, it was, it was the, the starting conversation point was always around the weather.
0: Right. Just the superficial.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Walk in the door and it would, it would be the, the weather thing, but there was a reason for that because Mm -hmm. the fronts would come in and the weather could change in a matter of six hours of the day. So I spent a lot of time, calibrating, you know, my, my wardrobe before I went out, you know, the right coat, the shoes, do I need an umbrella? Do I have scarf or gloves? Whatever, depending on the season, uh, humidity in the summer. And in Los Angeles, the weather for the most part is so consistent and predictable that there's no reason to really look at the weather
0: or to talk about it.
1: Right. So, (laughs) what am I going to do with that time? Oh, so I took, I took the 10 to get here today. Oh yeah. How was your drive? How was your commute? So that's what everybody leads with here. Mm -hmm. It's and it's, and it's a, you know, it's the conversation starter. Interesting. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But so, so on, on that note, the gauging the traffic and how much there is or how much there isn't has been the, the, the visual guide to where is everybody? How active are they? Uh, are they taking the lid off this thing? Are they following the rules? All that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I can tell you the, the last few days, uh, traffic has decreased. And on the street, the street I live on, which is a which is a cut through that gets you know, pretty busy morning rush and afternoon rush is is uh, it's desolate right now. So I hmm. think I think people are, are listening and tuning in.
0: Yeah, I know just from my lens, seeing people on the beaches and whatnot. And um, you know, I've been to your house and I I jumped on your bicycle and your short ride down there to the Venice hmm. boardwalk when, you know, I went down to watch the guys skateboarding and everything. I mean, you're so close to just a really cool area to hang out and it's summertime and Yeah, so I don't know how heartbreaking that is for you to not be able to just pretty much in your neighborhood go for a bike ride and and go down and just watch the wackos down there at the beach, you know.
1: Well, I can, I guess, I can stay home and look in the mirror at the wacko. Yeah, why not?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you just live in a really cool area and. I would imagine that, yeah, you, you got to pick and choose when you go out and how to avoid crowds and how to keep yourself safe. So I'm yeah. glad you're doing that. And then also working with clients, uh, is it, is it mainly virtual or do you, do you get together face to face with people?
1: Uh, it's it's exclusively virtual. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And, and has, and has been that way since the middle of March.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing as well. So I, I know the routine. Let's now go back to anxiety. I know that anxiety is big right now because of the uncertainty that's in the world. Like you said, we don't know how long this is going to last. Uh, -uh. when, when anxiety comes up and, and somebody comes to you and they're just full of fear, full of anxiety and I like that you said, well, let's start with this breath, right? Let's be right here, right now. You got anything else? I mean, what, what do you tell somebody?
1: I'll, I'll veer off for, for a moment because, you know, I, I, I came to this, this, this place in my life as a therapist that was greatly informed by the influence of my, my family of origin growing up in New Jersey mm-hmm. and those experiences. And and I'm here now and, and the my practice and my, has, has been informed by my daily life. So if I'm talking to a client and the client is sharing with me, well, I don't know how long this is going to last. Well, my hand's up in the air. I'm with you. I'm in it too. And I've, I'm dealing with the same uncertainty and the same, the plethora of question marks and the, 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 the lack of answers and consistency and leadership about how as a, con, as a community or a country or world, we can get out of this. I mean, I, I could go down that flight of steps into the dungeon of despair just as quickly. Mm. And I'm, so it's been a healthy reminder for me to, to you know, to, to choose where I, where I go with that. Is that the dog I want to feed? Yeah, I could. There's something to it, but, you know, if I obsess over that, and that's something that I've learned, and, um, you know, the beginning, I'll tell you, a wake-up call for me, but six and a half years ago, I had to take prerequisites. To get into graduate school, to get into the program that I wanted to get into Cal State Northbridge, a great program. And one of the courses I needed to take was statistics. And
0: <laughs> I've taken statistics. I hated it.
1: Oh man, let's let's I see you laughing, but you want to cry together? <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: It was like learning a new language for me because with my learning disability, I just was like, how am I going to make it through this class?
1: Well, what's 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 your, your challenge with, with learning?
0: I'm dyslexic. OK. All right. Yeah, I just remember in college with statistics, I was like, oh, man, this is this is a nightmare for me. Yeah. My brain just doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, it it is. uh, It it is. It's it's a different language. It's also it's a different subject. There's some schools where the statistics department is not part of the math department. Mm -hmm. So it really is a different language. And and I was, you know, I was excited about learning. And that's and that's one of the things that going back to school to become a therapist, a licensed therapist meant so much to me was I wanted to 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 learn things and reengage with my brain and my thought process in ways that I could have said, ah, I've been breathing long enough. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna coast for a bit. You know, my, my brain got woke up. And and it and it really happened in in that statistics class because I had to learn things about new things and also retrain my brain or train my brain, because I don't think I got it in the first time I went to school, mm-hmm. uh, around. Working with the numbers and the statistics and the equations and the problems, and I embraced it. And I, I had to take that course a couple of times to get the B that I needed to transfer. But I tell you, there were there were there were days that went into nights, and and days that started at three thirty four in the morning when I would roll over and realize that you know I went I had statistics day i went four days a week and uh it was for an hour and 15 minutes but i would go there i would i would go to the resource center i would rewrite the notes i went through anxiety that i had never experienced before Hmm. and and as much as it was it was affecting me and the, the, the the quality of my life because i wasn't sleeping as well It was all right, dude. So, so this is what we call anxiety (laughs) and, and you're in it and you are going to become a professional who helps people deal with this. Right? So it was like this, you know, this, this, this big pill that I was taking that was going to help me to be a more empathetic and compassionate therapist. So, um, I was looking to build my confidence and, um, if there was ever a moment when I thought, yeah, I got shit figured out right now. Well, that, <laughs> that, that, that went, that went way South when I met up with statistics.
0: Hmm. And w- within that anxiety, what story were you making up or believing about yourself that created that anxiety?
1: Dude, you get me on the couch now. Nah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah,
0: as your friend, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious.
1: Yeah, um, you know this, this not enough. Hmm. Um, who do I think I am? Um, Self doubt. Uh, you know, old tired narratives. Limiting beliefs about what I could do, who I could be. And uh, I'm not dyslexic. And I have a really, uh, I have a way of getting ahead of myself and jumbling things, Hmm. which is akin to dyslexia. And I, I believe me, I have <laughs> this is really dated, but I used to have phone bills that could prove how dyslexic I was because of all the numbers I would miss dial.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm not. A, I tested. I'm, I'm not dyslexic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I'm I'm prone to getting ahead of myself when I get comfortable, when I know something, I get bored. So I'm constantly looking for stimulation and in mm. looking for that stimulation, I'm jumping ahead. And when I jump ahead, sometimes I jump over numbers or letters or characters.
0: Hmm. All right. So right now my, my brain's stirring in a bunch of different directions. So I'm, I'm just, there's, there's a guy that I was recently talking with um, who struggled with addiction like bad addiction, heroin. And he's, he's clean now. But when I ask him, what was he depressed? Why, you know, what was it that led him down that road? And he said, what you just said is he gets bored that he literally has to keep himself busy because when he gets bored, that's when he will seek out, let's call it dangerous habits or, thrill-seeking adventure or so maybe you can tell me a little bit of your story there which will help me understand this other guy i don't know
1: yeah well yeah just it's it's uh i want to engage in life uh i i i want to be stimulated um and stimulation might show up in the uh, thrill-seeking or adventures um you know I I see these these videos of um, I'll just grab one um, mountain bikers
0: mm-hmm.
1: aerial shots, the drone footage of, of these of these bikers traversing the top of a cliff and working their way through the canyons right and then and then doing a, a somersault and I'm thinking, There's a little bit of thrill seeker in there, an adventurer. And, uh, yeah, they're they're the extremists. I'm not there. And I have always wanted to be engaged with activities. So I've always been active. I've always been physically active. And, uh, you know, the other thing, you talk about the addictions, and, and, and that, uh, you know, being bored, you know, we all, we all get to make choices. And, uh, you know, there are chemical imbalances which um, manifest in anxiety and depression and uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. There's, uh, there's all kinds of um, alleys and, and back roads that people can go down. When they try to satisfy this 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 desire or this need that needs to be satiated satiated or, or fulfilled,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and one way that my experience in dealing with people in recovery uh, one way to do it is 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 to get a hit, and and there's also adjacent to that there's uh, not only getting a hit but getting an escape. Let
0: me
1: change the way I'm perceiving things right now by taking this, which will take me out of what I'm feeling or what I might feel. I don't want to feel this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So there's a, I think that there's a, there's a thrill, a pursuit of the thrill, and there's also a desire to depart and leave from either what, somebody might be experiencing or what they're afraid that they will experience or feel. And this, and that comes up, you know, I experience it a lot with, uh, you know, with, with abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse of um, simply not wanting to remember or relive that horrible experience or experiences.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: And sometimes thinking about that can, can, can provoke anxiety.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, again, my, my brain's bouncing all over the place right now. There's so many questions that I have for you. I also know that since this um, pandemic, uh, since COVID-19 has started a lot of, guys that I'm working with that are working from home now when, and their kids are home from school. And and right now we don't know if kids are going back to school. And so clients that I had that were, were pretty well adjusted in life
1: Mm
0: -hmm. are within the last four months have said, you know, everything worked well in my family because I could go to the office because I could go to work. But when I'm in the house with the kids, with my partner, nonstop, it's out of balance. And suddenly the relationships are breaking down. And and they don't know where to go with that. So I'm gonna throw that at you. There's a scenario for you. (laughs) <laughs> because it's real and I got a couple of people that I'm, I'm working with right now that are in the throes of all of this and so yeah what do you say to somebody that does not know how to do life right now even though they love their partner they love their whole family they they just don't want to be around them <laughs> because the normalcy of going to work is gone
1: yeah well, you're, you're, you're throwing it at me, and, but you're also asking me to share with you my experience of what I believe people globally are dealing with. Yeah. And, and since I deal with, with folks here in, in Los Angeles, um, that's what I'm most familiar with from a, from a clinical perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I also have many other relationships friends and family where I see how things are unfolding and you know you talked about your, your, your friends that, that they're at home now they're not going to work <clears throat> I think one of the hardest things to do in this lifetime is for is for one person to couple with someone else and then to stay partnered as they move through life
0: mm-hmm.
1: without being distracted Or without being upset Um, i mean look at how you know how hard is it to be an individual
0: (laughs) right that's hard enough
1: (laughs) so then you you get two people with their their individual challenges coming together so you know my math you know one plus one equals seven or eight or nine Hmm. because there's there's so much more that that has to be dealt with as in partnership, and then yeah. if there are children who come in, and then there's maybe some four legged in the house, uh, there's a uh, that exponentially the challenges get greater. Hmm. And if your friends who who go to work, yeah, they're used to leaving I don't know thirty to forty hours a week, where they're not in that space, and in the face of the people they're they're closest to their, their family of choice as, as I'll call it. Mm -hmm. And they may have a a solid relationship. They may have a good relationship a respectful relationship and are, we're accustomed to leaving the house 30 to 40 hours a week. Let's say that now they don't have that, um, that escape route.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Maybe it's a, a little bit of a, a valve that would take, um, you know, I'm really good with my partner 12 hours a day. Okay. The other 12, eh, I'm okay on my own. So that might be a reality. Right. And what, what COVID-19 has presented people with is okay. So now take a sniff of 24 hours a day mm-hmm. in that partnership. And my experience is that people in partnerships and in families are being confronted with relational challenges that they have not had to deal with because they haven't been in that space for that number of hours.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the choice point is here it is. It's right in my face. Do I want to look at it? No. Do I have a choice? You might not you might not have a choice right now so i, I that's that's definitely been coming up with, with with clients that I see
0: yeah, and these are hard conversations. These are very difficult conversations because depending on how well two people communicate mm-hmm. and then also depending on how much somebody takes it personal right so for for me and and I'm single but if I was to say to my partner I really need my alone time that's one way to say it or I really need to be away from you for <laughs> a few hours a day right there there's different ways to to communicate things and then also how somebody takes it right now all of a sudden there's this thing that's been created an argument, we'll call it, where it didn't exist before because I got to go to the office. I got to leave the house for eight hours a day, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Communication is part of what I teach for a living. It's the biggest challenge I know. Mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as a good communicator, and it's one of the biggest challenges I have.
1: So what's your self-commentary, or, or is there a question that comes up for you around around that phrasing? That
0: What I like to do on this show, Michael, is I like to give people tools. I like to give people answers. And I'd rather not just, you know, say to everybody, well, we're going to put out a bunch of questions and let you sit. But that's okay, too. Because there's certain things that are happening in the world right now. Man, I just don't have the answers. And like you said, I'm in it, too. It's not like I'm immune to everything that's going on in the world, it's not like I don't have a certain level of anxiety that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Are you um, Are you communicating any differently in the last four months that, that you've noticed with the, the the people that are closest to you in your life?
0: Yeah, um, I've definitely let. So I live in community here on my property. There's eleven of us. That live on this property, and
1: so that's your so that's your family of choice.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: Well, you're, in a way, you're all under one roof, right? No, different no buildings, different buildings.
0: Yeah, right, different right. buildings. We're all on the same property, and so yes, this is a lifestyle that all of us have chosen and subscribed to. Yeah, communication is so I don't have a spleen, okay, from an accident when I was a child. And so I'm a little bit more susceptible to getting sick. That if I was to get COVID, then perhaps it would be more of a challenge for me to fight it. So I've really let people know on the property hey, I'm scared. And we've created some protocols in some of the community buildings and community spaces. But more than that, how do I talk to people? How do I communicate with them differently? Some people here in the community, I have to remind them like almost every time I see them of I'm taking a step back because they're too close. I don't have my mask on and I don't want to be within six, eight feet of them. And that's out of fear. And how can, so the other thing that I find myself doing is being overly compassionate, like trying to communicate, hey, I'm stepping back. It doesn't mean that I don't want to give you a hug. It just means that I'm not going to. So I, I find myself saying things, comforting people that might take things personal. So yeah, that's a lot of energy, I guess. And it's funny because I haven't thought about that until you just asked the question. So I guess I spend a lot of energy trying to take care of not hurting people or offending people that I care about.
1: Hmm. So it sounds like you've become a more uh, compassionate communicator,
0: or or I'm just caretaking them. <laughs> Like we're all adults, you know, hopefully they don't take it, any of it personal, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I worry about how they're going to take it, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. So, so that I, I think that that's, that's interesting. And, and, and your role in that, that community, I mean, I, I took the liberty. It's, it's, it's a family of choice. It's a community of choice. Yeah. Uh, you, you carry a role. In, mm-hmm. in that community you 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 carry i'll say uh, from a family therapist perspective you carry a role a paternal role in that community sure so people will look to you probably as the the go-to guy your your dad on some <laughs> level to them and you may carry big bro energy mm and pal and, but, but you're, but people look to you. So they're, they're, they're that, that, that's your family.
0: Sure, on sure. On some level. On some level. Yes. It's, and, and you're absolutely correct. And then the other part of it is, um, I'm the bad guy too. When, when things don't work out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get, so they, so they all get to pro- project onto you, the, the golden and the dark. Yeah. Yeah. well your your my experience of you mike is you' uh you you're you're a man that can that can hold both and and it's and it sounds like you've been had an opportunity to look at both in in the last several months too
0: absolutely absolutely I get to look at all kinds of things all the time right even though I'm sheltering at home yeah again, I don't know that that I or we have any answers for these people that are finding themselves in the challenges of being at home with people that they love and it's not working because that's the other thing that I've, I know two personal friends or I'll call it four personal friends, two separate couples that I don't know if they're getting divorced, but they're splitting up right now. I think that the tension of everything that's going on in the world really took its toll on them as well as lack of communication or whatever else they got going on in, in their relationships. Yeah.
1: Well, um, um, I'm going to avoid quoting the, the, the latest statistics, uh, on divorces and families that, that, that are staying together or not. Um, but you know, I, I said it earlier, how, how people, individuals come together and find a way to stay together, um, it isn't always pretty. And sometimes sometimes, to stay together, people have to step away and get a different perspective. Um, you know, I, I mentioned 3,000 clinical hours of practice on my way towards licensure. significant chunk of those hours I spent working with with couples Mm -hmm. and as I said growing up um, my life training was experiencing how my parents interacted as a couple as partners as parents and a lot of people um, you know when they come in a couple come in and and talk about amending the relationship Frequently, there was one person who initiates the therapy, who is interested in mending the relationship, having a different relationship with that partner, and frequently the second partner is at least one foot out the door. Hmm. Sometimes too. So, I like to get clear early on when when a, when a couple comes in. Seeking treatment uh, is to find out. Are, are you here to to reconcile, to to, to make this work, or or are you here to have a a graceful dismount, you know, from 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 the horse of marriage? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, sometimes that's that that's what's up. It's, it's time to go separate ways.
0: Yeah, and in your experience, how difficult is it for? the person that has one or two feet out the door for them to actually say those words.
1: Uh, It it can be challenging. And for some people, it's a relief to have somebody ask the question and say, yeah, the hard part is the other person who doesn't realize how out the door the other one was. Right, And you know, that's, you know that that that's a a moment of awakening that can be that can be devastating
0: yeah, I go back to then the tough conversations, right I believe there's a lot of tough conversations that people aren't willing to have, and how painful it is for somebody to not have a conversation
1: yeah. let's go back to your friend, the friend who would go off to work
0: So these are actually clients. <laughs>
1: So, so a client, so he talks about that. What I want to reference is, is how things change. So, so one of your clients, um, six months ago, yeah, honey, they wake up. They're in conflict. Uh, there's something that needs to be dealt with. We'll talk later. I'll talk when I get home, out the door. Right. So your client goes, and your client's gone for six, seven, eight, nine hours, comes mm-hmm. back. Well, how much, how much water has gone under the bridge with, I don't know, the kids, the dog, the, the partner's job, whatever in that time and what's going on in, in your client's day. So they come back together that night to, ah, uh, I'm okay. So whatever the conflict was, that was up at seven thirty in the morning when the client was heading out the door, that's, that's. It's either gone downstream or it's 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 you know maybe maybe it's tucked under the bridge somewhere behind a stinky brick. I don't know it, it's just
0: right, it's so true, so true that it might be some small little thing that happened in the morning and it's not a big deal, but now that that small little thing that happened in the morning, nobody's going out the door. so that small little thing turns into a big thing, and then by dinner time that evening, it's. They just want an escape. You talk about escape,
1: or 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 a healthy diversion, or maybe a perspective. I step away and I get away. Wow, yeah, my partner, she or he is 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 really pretty cool. Hmm. Funny how I do that thing. I get triggered, and oh, maybe maybe there's a. You know, sometimes couples come in, and and then the, you know, the next dose of medicine is having one or both of them go do some individual therapy, because right. it's frequently individual stuff is what gets stirred up, and it's the individual stuff that gets brought into the, you know, the the marriage suitcase that gets opened up on the bed and like, holy crap, what a horror show! Or wow, I didn't know there was so much so much beauty in that suitcase. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It, it, it can go
0: both ways. Yeah. Well said. Well said. So <laughs> what? Well, I just I, I as as we continue this conversation, what I just am reminded about is that there's not so many answers as there are questions, right? There's I mean, you and I are both to professionals that have tools for people. And at the same time, it's really about asking the questions or for the listeners to this show, how can they ask themselves more and more questions to, as a self inquiry to what they need to be in relationship with anybody, be it, be it a partner, be it um, children, or or family or whoever, friends or
1: hold up the mirror and that relationship with self.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Which is where at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, that's really what it comes to. You know, when you lay your head down on your pillow at night, regardless of if there's somebody in bed with you or not, if you're partnered or not, it's it's who's the who is that person that I get to to breathe with and, and, and be, as I put my head down on my pillow, right? That's who we are. That's who we have in our essence, all the relationships. Those are, those are our choices that we make along the way. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So really, (laughs) as a marriage and family therapist, the biggest relationship that anybody needs to work on is with themselves.
1: Hopefully. Well, well first, because if, if I don't deal with my stuff Mm -hmm. or deal with it along the way at some point, then, then that's going to be something that my partner will have to deal with. Right. And then the part then my partner has to figure out, well, is that his stuff or is that my stuff? Right. I'm not sure right now. And as my partner, you know, they're doing their work. So it's, it's,
0: no, it's a total challenge. And, and that's, that's what I see all the time. And I don't work with that many couples, but what I do when I'm working one-on-one with someone that, that mentions something going on with their partner, the first thing that I look at is what is it that they want from their partner and how come they're not giving that to themselves? That's that's what I get to go back to because I'm mainly one-on-one is whatever it is I want from somebody else. If I'm looking for it externally, well, that's not personal growth at all. <laughs> I'm constantly looking for somebody else to, you know, fill me up.
1: Yeah, that could be possibly your way of escaping mm-hmm. the whatever the personal displeasure or torment that you have of, oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck with me again tonight. Hmm. Not that you've ever said that.
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I know that for me personally, I'm glad that I've done enough work with myself that I really do enjoy the time I spend with myself, that I'm, I'm really proud of who I am and, and I, don't have, I don't need to escape me. And at the same time, I remember when I did. So if we go back to you having this anxiety, taking statistics or at the beginning of this six years, right, and understanding, oh, okay, here's this thing that I'm going to be working with people. Let me be more compassionate and empathetic. Yeah, I remember I remember not liking the person that I was trying to escape the person that I was. So, uh, how do you want to recap all of this <laughs> or, or can we, what we've been talking about?
1: Um, I don't know, did you, do you have a, do you have a Mike Patterson formula for, 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 that or how you guide your, your, your guests? Cause we, we, yeah, it's, this has been, it's been a, been a cool ride.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have a Mike Patterson formula. Mm-hmm. I just usually think about whatever it is we, we talk about here on this show. How can we bring it all together with a short, concise thing to leave our listeners with?
1: Uh, well, <clears throat> I, I haven't used the word uh, curious or curiosity. And yet it was popping into my head as you were talking about the whole, the, the, the communication and, and, and what people are challenged with and how they can make choices and, and do that exploration. I think that from a, from a curious place, that has been one of the things that has, has helped me immensely is I have been genuinely curious about and interested in relationships Hmm. and people and, and, and things, pursuits, music, photography, travel. I, I have, um, I love working with my hands. So I'm curious about and interested in those things in my life. And I think in a literal sense, people who are struggling, that they don't have to reach beyond, like if they can put their hands out, reach their arms out, like what's what's within my reach. And you know, this pandemic that we've referenced a few times, we haven't really been allowed to reach further, unless it's virtual. Mm. We have been um, confined. We've been restricted and quarantining. And, sheltering so i'd say what's what's within my reach what is within anybody's reach to address and since we have this time since i have this time you have this time let's embrace it what what can i discover about myself what am i curious about in myself what am i curious about in my partnership that this that this situation this this health Crisis that we're in is giving me an opportunity to look differently hmm. because I don't I don't need to run there or there or go find another relationship. I got one now that I could I, I could I could get you know, more deeply connected with. And honestly, the, the the more connected I get with myself, the more aware I am. You know, the better partner I'm going to be and the more compassionate I'm going to be. So I'm gonna hang on to that.
0: Well said. There's a good recap, right? We have an opportunity right now to get better connected with ourselves. Yeah. So stay yeah. curious. The words <sighs> the words from Michael Pierce, stay curious.
1: Wow, but but it, it's it sounded better <laughs> when you said it with your radio voice though. Yeah. Yeah. It did it. It really did. It sounded really good. I just, I got, I just, I got, (laughs) I just got a little, I got cheered up when you said that Mm. and, and reminds me that uh, one of the reasons I went back to school and one of the reasons I spent 20 plus years doing personal growth work is uh, I wanted to have conversations like this with people like you Mm and hopefully reach folks that are are tuning in that 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 want more for themselves. and um and in this moment i'm I'm just I'm, I'm touched that I'm getting a scoop of that for me too, Mike. so thanks, nice. thanks a bunch for inviting me to join you.
0: Absolutely, I'm glad you're here. Take a moment and tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you and what services you can provide. Uh, the
1: website is pierce psychotherapy.com. Uh, I'm, uh, am a therapist in Los Angeles. I'm licensed in the state of California. So I can, I can only work with people who live in California.
0: Hmm. Got it.
1: Uh, yeah. And I'm, um, the, 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 the website actually, I built the website as a resource so it's, it's been a way for people to, to find their way in, to receive my services. And it's also, it's a great introduction for somebody maybe who hasn't done therapy or might be thinking about getting back to it. The, the, the site is constructed in a way that people can learn about different uh, approaches, about uh, EMDR, which is a, I'm, I'm trained as an EMDR therapist, which is, Helpful with with trauma, and uh, so people could visit and find out more about the business of psychotherapy without necessarily having to, you know, take me on as their their therapist. And I did that because my own research was how do I how do I learn more about all this? So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna make something so so people who are curious and interested. Can learn more themselves so that's that's probably the best way to do it
0: nice thanks michael yeah again thank you so much for being here this has been an hour well spent for me and i really appreciate you yeah and i you mike take care thanks again everyone for listening to another episode of embrace growth Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And if you would, please leave a five-star review. It helps people find the podcast. This episode was brought to you by Leader Champions. Leader Champions offers one-on-one coaching, group coaching, personal growth work, trainings, leadership, trainings, And any upcoming events, check it all out at leaderchampions.com. New episodes of Embrace Growth appear every Monday. That way you can start off your week in a good way. I'm happy to announce that Leader Champions is now offering affiliate programs through the Mankind Project. Trying to help the Mankind Project during this time of disruption when a lot of their face-to-face trainings are not possible. So stay tuned. We'll get you some more information on affiliate trainings that you can take men or women at a special discounted price as long as you are a member of the Mankind Project. So to become a member of the Mankind Project, you don't have to be a man. Go to mankindproject.org to find out more about becoming a contributing member. And we'll let you know coming up soon the dates of leadership trainings and personal growth work trainings that we're offering through that affiliate program. But until next time, please embrace your own personal growth and support others to embrace theirs. Take care.